0: I don't know what you feel about someone who is always right. Because let's face it, everyone we know who thinks they're always right isn't. But as we come to worship God, one of the things that we can be glad about is that our God is always right. Not only does he always do the right thing, but he also has a heart that is always rightly full of love. We're going to be thinking about that a little bit more as we look at God's word together. But we're going to continue our worship by singing, and we're going to be singing this song, God of majesty and splendour. God, the universal king, God whose works demand our wonder. God whose praise the angels sing. So when the music starts, let's stand and sing. Uh, come to the God we've been singing about as we pray. Oh Lord, we have just sung that we rejoice to sing your name. And we, as we think of your name, we, we know that that means everything that you stand for, everything that you are. Oh Lord, we do thank you that as we pray to our God, we pray to a God who never changes. You have always done the right thing. You always will do the right thing. Your love never ends. Your promises are always true. And Lord, we ask that you will help us to grasp hold of that as we come to you in prayer. Because often our prayers are so weak and disbelieving. Lord, do give us faith to pray. Oh Lord, as you told us when you were on earth, we are to be like children coming to a good father who delights to give good gifts to his children. Oh Lord our God, we pray that you will speak to us as we hear your word read to us. We pray that we will have a sense that we are hearing the voice of the maker, the one who made each one of us. Oh Lord, we pray that we will know a real relationship with you in our hearts. Oh Lord, you're the one who always does right. And Lord, you you expect us to do right. And we know that we don't. Oh Lord, we ask that you will help us to see ourselves like you see us. Oh Lord, as we do have things that we are ashamed of, we thank you that you tell us that if we confess our sins to you, we can rely on you to forgive our sins. Oh Lord, we thank you that your love never fails. We thank you that there is forgiveness for every sin, for the first, thing, for the first sin, for the thousandth sin. Oh Lord, we thank you that you sent your Son into this world because you love this world so much that whoever that anyone tr- who trusts in him can be forgiven because he paid the price for sin and oh Lord we, we thank you that that great and awful price was paid and oh Lord so many of us thank you that we can say it was paid for me oh Lord we are so glad that we can bring all our cares to you and we do that now Lord you know each one of us you know the cares that we have on our minds and in our hearts and we're all different but we thank you that we can cast our cares on you knowing that you care for us Oh Lord, we pray that you will help John as he brings your word to us. We pray that it will come powerfully and effectively into our hearts and lives. Oh Lord, we pray that as we live for you, we will make a positive difference in this community. Oh Lord, we pray that there will be a good number able to come to the Men's Golf Day and that what we hear will be something that changes people's lives and makes people want to know the good and the great God. And Lord, as we look on our world, we see there's so much that is not right. Oh Lord, we pray you'll have mercy on our country. We pray that you will turn our leaders from a way that seems so easy to be dishonest, be untruthful, to try and avoid telling people what's really going on. Oh Lord, we ask that there will be a change so that people turn to you and get their standards from what you want so that our country is blessed by knowing the good and kind and loving and perfect way oh Lord you you know the bad things that are going on you know the hurt that is being caused you know the people that are being damaged oh Lord we pray that you'll have mercy and we ask that those of us who bear your name will be people who speak up for you who speak up for right who are not ashamed to call wrong wrong but to do so in a way that is loving and gentle and like Jesus. Oh Lord, we pray as well for those who suffer. Oh Lord, we see this war going on in Ukraine and we grieve that innocent people are attacked and killed. We grieve that the powerful use their power to grab and grasp and murder and destroy oh lord we are comforted to know that you are a god who will (laughs) hold everyone to account and lord we pray that for those who are tempted to do evil they will have that that reality brought up in front of their eyes that one day even if they get away with it on earth, they will stand before the God of heaven and give account for what they've done on this earth. And Lord, we pray that that will be something that governs our lives. As we all know, we will stand before the great God and give account. Oh Lord, we do thank you that there's a way we can all be accepted. Oh Lord, we pray that your glory will be seen more and more as more and more people over this world turn from their selfish ways back to living for you. Amen. So we're going to sing again and we're singing about the joy of being right with God. And this is a song that every Christian can sing, that they are reconciled with the God who is always right. So let's stand and sing. Bible passages that we're going to be looking at today come from three parts of the Bible. Um, The first is from Psalm 7, and we're going to start reading at verse 7. So Psalm 7, verse 7. let the assembly of the peoples be gathered about you over it return on high the Lord judges the peoples judge me O Lord according to my righteousness and according to the integri- integrity that is in me o let the evil of the wicked come to an end and may you establish the righteous you who test the mind and thoughts O righteous God My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. Our second reading is also in Psalms. It's in Psalm 119 which is a few pages on your Bibles and we're going to start reading at verse 137. Psalm 119 and verse 137 righteous are you O Lord and right are your rules you have appointed your testimonies in righteousness in an all faithfulness my zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words your promise is well tried and your servant loves it I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever, and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. Then our third reading is in the book that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans and we're going to be reading from chapter 3 and we're going to start our reading at verse 21. So that's Romans chapter 3, starting the reading at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And well, after our next songs uh, John is going to be coming and teaching us about God's righteousness from God's word. And we're going to sing two songs, uh, both of which are fairly short. We're going to sing Ascribe Greatness to Our God the Rock, and then we're going to sing that through twice, and then we're going to sing King of Kings, Majesty. So let's stand and sing.
1: well I'd like to get you thinking before we launch into our subject and so I want you to score the following words out of ten in your minds score them out of ten as to how you feel about them how enthusiastic you are about these words, how positive you feel about them Uh, just try to be instinctive about it Okay, here goes first word is Marmite Uh, give yourself a score The second word is sunshine the third word is donuts the fourth word is laundry the fifth word is love the sixth word is righteousness now we're not going to take a vote on it But I I guess your responses will vary to those words, especially depending on your sort of appetites. But I'm fairly sure that most people here would have scored love high, you know, an 8 or a 9. And I'm fairly sure that most people instinctively would have given righteousness a lowish score, maybe a 3 or 4 or 5, perhaps it was higher, but I wouldn't be surprised We think of self-righteous and self-righteousness. That turns us off. We think of a righteousness which is petty and rigid and judgmental and we don't like that. And so as we move into our theme this evening, we need to realise that perhaps we need to make a step change in our view of righteous and righteousness. It's a very good word in the Bible. It's a very positive word, it is a prized theme in the Bible and so you've got to overcome, I've got to overcome some of our baggage on this. Righteousness gets a bad press and it doesn't deserve that so we need to sort of reset our minds as we go into this subject. Now occasionally uh, we've taken over the months an attribute uh, of God and, and we've pursued it, we've thought about it. Now, some of you are reading a book about different characteristics of God, which is an excellent book and an excellent idea. As we do show, it should stir us to worship and it strengthens our understanding. In the past, we've covered things like God's wisdom and God's grace, uh, God's jealousy, it's quite a difficult one, interesting one, God's incomparableness. And this evening, we're going to be looking at the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God. I'll give you a single quote to get into it. Psalm 11 verse 7 you won't have time to look up all my quotes this evening so to just sort of take them in as I read them. For the Lord is righteous, he loves righteous deeds, the upright shall behold his face and it's something the Bible is excited about. Psalm 145 7 They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. I noticed on my way out the book that some of the ladies are looking at, it's subtitled, Gazing at God Until Your Heart Sings. Well, these people have gazed at the righteousness of God and their hearts were singing. So I've been exploring this theme this week, the righteousness of God, and in some ways it's been quite difficult to get a handle on it biblically. So what do you do? Well, I've got a Bible gateway program, so I thought i type in... It's one of these clever ones. If I type in the word right, I also get righteous and righteousness with it. So I typed in the word right, and I got about 850 references, which was a bit much for me to manage. So I typed in righteous and it, it cut it down to 530. And so I have scanned through 530 Bible references, trying to pick out the ones that are specially to do with the righteousness of God, and I got it down to eight sides of A4 with two columns, it's whittled down. And this evening we're pursuing the thing. Don't worry, I'll shan't go through eight sides of two columns of, of Bible references on uh, the righteousness of God I'm not aiming to give you theological indigestion if you like but I do hope that there will be meat and I have found myself it's been a good thing to do and it's made me think more about the righteousness of God and certain lines of thought have become clear which I found helpful to me and I hope will be helpful to you this evening here's the start point this is what we're going to start with righteous character So God is righteous in his character. It is what he is like. It's not boring to work through God's character. It is a glorious thing to see the character of God. It is really the starting point for everything to look at the character of God. And part of his character is that he is righteous. What does that mean? Well, it means everything he does is right, good, pure, appropriate, moral, true, upright. And everything he does is that way because he is that way. You know... um, when you used to, perhaps you still do, get sticks of rock at the, uh, the coast on the piers or whatever and uh, it has uh, Brighton or something or Blackpool or wherever you've been on one end of the stick and, and wherever you break the stick of rock the, it goes all the way through the writing, doesn't it, on these rocks, quite clever. Well, with God... Whatever aspect of of God's character you're thinking of, God always, in all situations, is righteous. It is his character. It is who he is. He always acts in accordance with what is right and, if you like, what is right is sourced in God. It is sourced in God. He is the standard of what is right. Uh, Many products, I think it's still true these days, but many products say they conform to the BS, and then there's four digits, the British Standard. And uh, you can be sure, hopefully, that you're getting a good product because it confines certain British standards which have been set. They define what is good and acceptable. Well, God sets the standards of what is right and acceptable, it flows out of his perfectly righteous character. He's the source of the standards of righteousness. He makes the standards, he keeps the standards. There's no, there are no imperfections in God. We sang Ascribe Greatness, which is based on Deuteronomy 32, for I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness, and without iniquity, just and upright is he. Humbles us. The princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, the Lord is righteous. God is called the righteous one. and no one can compare with his righteousness Isaiah 45 and there is no other God besides me a righteous God and a saviour there is none beside me Daniel did a tremendous prayer and it is infused with the righteousness of God and he says in Daniel 9 to you O Lord belongs righteousness It is with you, it is from you, it is inherent in you. Something to wonder at and to pass on. Are you in your older years? Have you grasped the righteousness of God? There's an older person's psalm, it's Psalm 71. It's good for us all, but it's particularly an older person's psalm. And in this psalm, they'd grasped it and it it says, Your righteousness, O God, reaches the heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? Righteousness is, I've lived a long time and I've realised your righteousness is sky high. And as a result... My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. Righteous character of God is our hub, that's our starting point this evening. But we want to go on from this, we want to see what comes out of this this evening. So um, the way I'm thinking of it is in this way, sometimes you have roundabouts, well, you have roundabouts and the roundabouts have offshoots, Sometimes you get roundabouts which you've got several offshoots. I'm thinking of some that are sometimes called five ways. I think there is one in Tunbridge Wells. It is one that probably we don't like when we're learning to drive the five ways roundabout, not that far from the shopping centre. Well, this evening we're going to go out from this theme of God's righteousness and we're going to take five ways out that come out from some of the things that are in the Bible that I've been looking at this week. So what might they be? What, what comes out of this? Have a think. What, what might come out of this theme of God's righteousness? What are the offshoots? Well, we're going to start with this one. Righteous justice. Our start verse with Psalm 11, verse 7. But we can uh, switch the numbers round and we get a good verse for this. So Psalm 7, verse 11. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. It's a thought-provoking one, isn't it? A couple of Psalms later, Psalm 9 says, But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. All this was a cause for thanksgiving for the psalm writer, Back to Psalm 7, I will give thanks to the Lord, the thanks due to his righteousness and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. So this idea of God being a righteous judge is admirable and and right and good. Righteousness and justice are not always done on earth, are they? There are what we call miscarriages of justice. Uh, There are some famous ones, the... um, The Birmingham Six and the Guildford Four. I think of the Postmasters in the last, uh, I think that's what they call Postmasters, the last few years where this database came in and some of them lost their jobs. Uh, A miscarriage of justice when they had done nothing wrong. Miscarriages of justice on earth shown in thousands of unsolved crimes. So how many crimes last year? In England and Wales, well, according to what I read, um, 12.8 million crimes were experienced by adults. The general headline was that 1 in 20 were solved. So there were over 10 million in England and Wales that were not solved and where nobody was punished. Children are sometimes at school, get bullied, and nobody gets into trouble for what they go through. Sometimes they get into trouble at school for things they didn't actually do. There's injustice. There's really high-profile cases like Jeffrey Epstein and Jimmy Savile, where there's no redress, and the people seem to get away scot-free. And then we take comfort in a God of overall righteousness who makes sure that justice is done, whose nature and judgments are flawless. We say, you won't get away with that, but sometimes they do seem to get away with it here on earth. But then we read in Acts 17 that God has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed and this he has given assurance, this will definitely happen by raising him from the dead. All will have to give account before God. No bribes, no twisting, perfect justice. So it gives us some comfort, it's beautiful. But it also makes us a bit concerned, doesn't it? Because... It's not just those who've broken the law of England and Wales who will have to stand before God and his justice. It's those who haven't met his standards, which includes me and includes you, because we haven't loved the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength and we haven't loved our neighbours as ourselves. And all things are open to him who we must give account to. So the righteous justice of God is beautiful, comforting and somewhat um, troubling as well. Leaves a big concern for us which we will revisit. Righteous Word is another avenue off of our five ways. As God is righteous, what he says is right and trustworthy. Isaiah says, I, the Lord, speak the truth, I declare what is right. Now if someone's an upright person, um, you can trust what they say. Their, their righteous, reliable word is an outflow of the person they are. This is why it's, when we hear things that are deliberately untrue it 's a very troubling it 's a reflection of their character it 's why it 's a crime to uh, in court under oath, speak to things that are false it 's why you have questions over uh, 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 people in authority or prime ministers if they have spoken in parliament to the House and said things they know are not true true, there's trouble in it because it's a question of character and reliability of word but God as a righteous God speaks truth and that means that the things that he says are reliable and this is something to be pleased about Psalm 19 the precepts of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart the commandment of the Lord is pure enlightening the eyes and we read a little bit of Psalm 119. I don't know if you know Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's one of my favourite chapters in the Bible. It is an A to Z, really, about David's view of what God's word is like. And you may know that much. And like me, up up, up until some time ago, you may have thought it was just a, a sort of a big sort of jumble together put in alphabetical order. So you sort of think of eight things about the Bible beginning with A and you stick them all in the first part and you see what begins with B and you put it in the second part, except it would be in Hebrew. But it's it's, it's more cleverly put together than that. And we read one of the stanzas and the main theme in it is this of God's righteousness and his righteous word. Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules, 137. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in faithfulness. Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true. The last verse of that bit, your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. And so he loves God's Word because it is right and righteous and firm and reliable. In fact, he says later on that it makes him want to praise God. And how often does it make him want to praise God monthly or weekly? Well, this is how he puts it in verse 164. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. So for us, God, a righteous God, means that his word is reliable. It's something we can delight in and when you open your Bibles or put on your Bible app, you can feel a sense of joy and of praise and of delight and of eagerness because you've got the solid word from a righteous God. So there's another outshot, isn't it, of righteousness of God. Let's pick up another avenue from this uh, roundabout. Righteous Son, righteous Son. So, in the Bible, it starts to become clear that someone is anticipated who embodies the righteousness of God totally, it's prefigured by a. An, that's an unusual person called Melchizedek who was the king of righteousness Isaiah 53 talks about this sin bearer who comes who's called the righteous one somebody in David's line, the line of King David who's uh, seen to be the branch And Jeremiah in his prophecy twice refers to this coming person. See how he's described and see what he's called. This is Jeremiah 23, this one. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. His days... In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely, and this is the name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. A king would come on a donkey. According to the prophet Zechariah, we think about it on Palm Sunday, Zechariah 9, verse 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your king is coming to you righteous, and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And then when Jesus comes, He's baptized and he says this is to fulfill all righteousness. And the apostles, and they talk about him afterwards, call him the holy and righteous one. Perfect, as he needed to be. Innocent. Nothing impure in his actions. Okay. nothing impure in his words wow nothing impure in his thoughts nothing impure in his motives later called like a lamb without blemish holy innocent unstained and uh, Realising this makes us think that he deserves worship himself like the pure one before whom the Apostle John at the start of Revelation just falls down before in worship. But, but more than this, this is excellent news for us. The righteous one went to the cross as Isaiah 53 pointed to. The Lord our righteousness is one who has righteousness which can be passed on. The perfect Lamb without blemish brings something for others. And we move on to our next avenue from this roundabout which is righteous believers. Hmm, righteous believers. Because this righteous one, the righteous son, Jesus, the embodiment of God's righteousness, makes it possible for others to be righteous. Those who know that they have things to answer for. Those who know that left to themselves, when they stand before God, it would not be a good experience. There would be too much which... God can see in their lives which is so short of his standards. This righteous one, the righteous son, gives a legitimate route for the unrighteous to be confident, to face that day. In Jesus we have a a wonderful fusion of God's love and righteousness steadfast love and faithfulness meet righteousness and peace kiss each other we can't get to God by our righteous acts we are not sufficiently righteous hear Romans 10 and take it in if you've never before for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. So they can't be righteous themselves. They're not good enough. But then he goes on, but Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So there is a righteousness for believers which covers them to face God. The Romans 3 passage told us about this. But now the righteousness of God has been revealed apart from the law. All that the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. For who? For all who believe. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of those who have faith in Jesus. And this righteousness which Christ gives to others, to those who put their trust in him, this righteousness was something tremendous to the Apostle Paul. In fact, everything else was cowpoo compared to this great theme, he says, Philippians 3 verse 9 to be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So there's another righteousness available sometimes it's called the robe of righteousness we sang about it in a couple of the songs we've been to already. And that's received by faith. So I urge you to put your trust in Jesus, to ask him for, to claim, to receive his righteousness so that you can stand before a perfect judge in confidence. Now can I ask you what righteousness you have? Do you remember the story of the emperor has no clothes? I I haven't read the original but I've got the gist of it that these uh, swindlers come to the emperor, they convince him that the the new clothes, the new cloak that they've got him is is wonderful Uh, and it's actually invisible but uh, uh, those who who can see it can see it and and the emperor is taken in by this and he goes parading through the streets and nobody likes to sort of... uh, catch him out or embarrass him so everyone praises his new clothes and of course he's going through the streets in his underwear there is nothing to his clothes Uh, is your righteousness like that that you think your own righteous way of living the things that you've done is going to be good enough before God are you parading it thinking that it's going to do the trick the Bible makes clear Our righteousness is like filthy rags. Our righteousness is all there. You can't stand before God with your own good works, but you can claim the righteousness of Christ by faith and be confident in facing God and his justice. So I ask you, what righteousness do you have on? Your own nothingy righteousness? Your your own sort of patchy, filthy good works? or are you secure and enveloped in the righteousness that comes from the righteous one who went to the cross for others and who gives them righteousness by faith? Well, of course, those who are made righteous by Jesus want to be righteous. They hunger and thirst after righteousness. Righteousness. John says in his letter and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself as he is pure. He says, little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Righteous believers made right by Christ and wanting to be right in their lives. I've one shorter point to finish with um, and that's this one righteous kingdom I think this is going to be a good one to finish um, there could be quite a lot on it in fact it's a very long road that comes off this roundabout but we're just sort of going to look, look down the road a little way get a, a gist of it just to finish off this evening um, do you grieve sometimes at the lack of righteousness uh, fairness, justice Around? do you sometimes sigh at people's behaviour at your own behaviour do you grieve at it, you're pained by it you, you, you'd love a society where things were, were decent and right and perfect people conducted themselves well and the Bible you find out that's God's purpose and his plan you think of a Christmas prophecy yeah, for unto us a child is born carries on of this person of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forever more there's going to be a kingdom of righteousness A lot more about it in the Psalms. Let's just shortcut to this quote that Peter gives to Peter, second letter of Peter, chapter 3 and uh, chapter 2 and no, chapter 3 and verse 13. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth. How's it described? How are we going to describe this place? We're waiting for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That's how he summarises it. In which righteousness dwells. Are you pleased about that, that there is a prospect of a kingdom of righteousness where there's no unsolved crimes because there are no crimes, where there's no fractured relationships, where there's no nastiness, where there's no squabbles to move over, where there's no friction, where there's no temptation, where there's no battling with unkind thoughts, where we are made perfect and relationships are perfect, where it's it's full of the righteousness of God It's a place where righteousness dwells and fills and it's the whole environment of the new kingdom. It's perfect righteousness. Consistent with God's character. So ever since Genesis 3, righteousness has not properly dwelt in God's creation. In fact, it gets to the point where he says, there is none righteous, no, not one. The whole world and globe is filled with unrighteousness. But the original righteousness will be resumed. It will be restored. In fact, I think we can say it will be bettered. Don't you look forward to that? Is that boring? It's beautiful. It's exciting consistent with God's character it's the end of the story a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells well I don't know if you liked the sound of righteousness when we started this evening but when you think of God's righteous character and his righteous justice and how good it is to have his righteous word and how wonderful it is that that's embodied in his righteous son and how through that we can be made righteous by faith and as we anticipate a righteous kingdom, don't you find that your ratings as the theme of righteousness start to notch up the scale a little bit. You say, what a wonderful God. Praise him for who he is. Praise him for these truths that we've uncovered in his word about the righteousness of God. Well, we're going to sing a song in a minute which is a, an older classic just slightly updated but which has different elements of what we've looked at in it but I, I think oh if we can have that back sorry Richard to catch you thank you if we can leave that up just for I think it's nice to respond in thanksgiving or praise in our own hearts or prayer so pick one or two of those uh, themes that we've looked at from the Bible and just pray them through personally for a minute or two before our final song well our last song is uh, the song, the hymn Eternal Light thinking of God's glory as righteousness is holiness, you'll see these themes weave through some of the verses, Eternal Light Eternal Light, how pure the soul must be when placed within your searching sight it shrinks not but with calm delight can face such majesty our last song have been impressed and made to feel a sense of awe at your glorious righteousness. Uh, it makes us feel a sense of our dimness and our own imperfections but we thank you that through the righteous one the Lord Jesus Christ, a way of righteousness for us has been made possible by faith. We thank you that uh, eternal light is possible because of eternal love. We pray that this glorious theme that we have unfolded from your word this evening may stay in our hearts to teach us, to shape us and to glorify you in our minds. Through Jesus we pray. Amen.